0: Well Good afternoon, everybody. Glad you're here. Everybody come on in, sit down. I hope you have your beverage ready. No, I'm just also, kidding. That's, uh, that's normally Scott Adams' start to his uh, daily periscope, but go ahead.
1: <laughs> no, I was just saying good afternoon to everyone also. Hope you've been having a good day, good week, and been being safe out there.
0: Six feet apart. Wash your hands. Maybe wear a mask, but let your nose hang out. You yeah, know, whatever.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> just defeat the entire purpose of doing that.
0: <laughs> well, to, to uh, be fair, for someone like me who wears glasses, unless you get that damn thing on just right, it's just an entire... Oh, so we get a, a new view. Uh, also, uh, we're actually going to be doing what the uh, title... Of the podcast is, uh, since Dauntless dropped a hell of a new expansion, we're going to play some Dauntless again. That is, if Gerald can get away from uh, increasing the size of his cyberpunk character's wang.
1: It can never be big enough.
0: He also wants to <laughs> equip it with uh, twenty-two caliber rounds so he can plink everybody in the face.
1: It can never have enough range.
0: <laughs> something like that, I guess. So, um, while we're waiting for you to get loaded in, oh, we're also going to try something different this week. We're gonna uh, do our. We normally do our. You know, how's everybody? How's your week been? And not complaining, Gerald. But since you can talk a good hour about stuff which is good we're gonna do the week as a separate podcast as a separate episode and then do the two show review and then our main topic as a different one just as an experiment to see what you guys like so that was your week
1: eh, my week was all right <clears throat> um hmm. actually i should probably uh, and i wasn't aware that we were gonna uh play the new stuff on uh uh, during the podcast, I thought we were going to just uh, hang out and uh, play it afterwards. Oh, uh, well, we
0: can do that too.
1: Nah, because I can't concentrate on talking <laughs> to people while having to do a character action game. Like I, I got to pay to. I, unfortunately, I have to pay attention to one thing or the other. I'm not a multitasker. Um, but uh, my week. Uh, my week was good, um, like nothing to really complain about. Uh, let's see, um, I got back into watching uh, DS Nine, uh, Deep Space Star Trek, Deep Space Nine, um, and it it made me think of two things. Like one, in the last podcast we had, I was talking about how. Um, the new mutants movie came out and one of the characters was wolfsbane which was a character that i remember liking a lot back when i remember Mm -hmm. you know who that character was because i apparently no longer did because they did a lot of changes to her and i went back and i read up on her biography and how she like had given birth to a demigod who threatened the fabric of reality and like all all like she died and came back and like all this stuff and i was like you know Every character doesn't have to have some effect on the very fabric of the cosmos. The cosmos doesn't have to be like... Uh, uh, th- uh, the fate of the cosmos doesn't have to hang in the balance for every character. Sometimes... You can just follow a character throughout their day and them dealing with some normal or, you know, maybe unusual circumstantial bullshit, right? And mm-hmm. I'm watching DS9 and that becomes even more apparent because there's an episode with the character Quark and he's a Ferengi. And the Ferengi, if you don't know anything about Star Trek or the Ferengi, the Ferengi are basically if humans only cared about doing business and making money. That's what the Ferengi are. They're, they're businessmen. They're, their whole point is to enterprise and create connections and make money. So
0: Yes, they even have the rules of acquisition.
1: Yeah, which you would know more about that than me. The Ferengi have never been a big spot of uh, personal interest for me. But I liked this episode because... It took so. What happens is, Court gets into a fight in his bar, and uh, he accidentally kills a Klingon.
0: Yeah, I remember this episode. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and the Klingon's widow shows up and forces him into a marriage, which is her right. If her if her husband died in honorable combat as a widow, she has the right to marry the man that killed him. So she forces him into the marriage. And it turns out that the whole problem is that the guy's brother is trying to take over their house, because if he can acquire their lands and their wealth, it makes his house that much wealthier and influential. So he becomes a much bigger power in the Klingon political system. And that's what hmm. it was about. So Quark uses his Ferengi uh point of view like he used Ferengi tactics to show that the Klingon was was dishonorable so on and so forth and at the end of the episode he ends up saving the widow's house and then she gives him a divorce and he goes back to his life and it's a really compelling episode that adds to the growth of Quark's character making him a better deeper more interesting character and that was all he needed the fate right. of the klingon world wasn't in in the balance the, the the fate of their entire hierarchical structure wasn't in balance it was just this one moment in someone's life and it was tense and it was serious and you could feel all of that but even if he had failed the rest you know it wouldn't have set off a domino effect to destroy everything else in the galaxy right and you know what sometime, you know, that's all you need for some characters. Every character doesn't have to be the center of some cosmic struggle. It could just be some unusual circumstances that their particular skills allows them to overcome, and they learn something in the process of it. It's all you need, and it makes a great episode. It adds to the character. I'd forgotten how good DS9 was in its first couple of seasons. But um, also, Command Kira. I didn't realize how many. I didn't realize how many dudes were interested in boning her. <laughs> like now myself included. Yeah, it's like like it, uh, Odo falls in love with her. She's got a lover, uh, Boral, who is a Bajoran like her. And then there's a uh, the clone of William Riker shows up, Thomas Riker, and she is starting a romance with him. And then, (laughs) and then she goes into the parallel world and meets the alternate version of herself, and the alternate version of herself wants to bone her. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, man, I don't remember Kira being this popular.
0: (laughs) Right. And and it's interesting because like she's a very tomboyish character, Mm -hmm. but then then you kind of have to be, you know, when you're a Bajoran female, I guess, and you have Cardassians all over the place, you know, trying to trying to commit genocide on you.
1: Well, no, it's because she was originally a rebel. She was a Bajoran rebel against Cardassian rule. That's why she's like, that's why she's the way she is. And she started off when she was really young. Like, uh, I was watching one of the episodes and her uh, mother died in like a concentrate, a Cardassian concentration uh, camp when she was like three. And that's one of the reasons that she went into, uh, she became a uh, rebel. So.
0: Okay, so back back to the the episode with Quark. It might not be the one I'm thinking of. Did he have to do a, a bat left battle in that episode?
1: He was going to. So the whole the whole thing about the acquisition of the family he was trying to, he ended up trying to save was that if the head of the household died like uh, in honorable combat, then his brother had claim on their lands and stuff. He could take it over if the widow couldn't find someone else to head the family. If he died a coward, then it would bring shame on all of the families for, until something, you know, until they could reclaim it or something like that. And basically it would make the lands useless to him. That's Because even his brother didn't want it found out that Quark accidentally killed him while he was drunk off his nut um (laughs) so we get to the end of the episode and quark has proven that he was instead of in klingon fashion trying to acquire the lands that he was moving money and stuff behind the scenes doing unhonorable things in the eyes of klingons and so Hmm. it's basically tarnishing his honor so he challenges quark to a bat left to bat left combat and so Cork gets uh-huh. there, and Cork doesn't fight him. He just gets down on his knees, and he's just like, "Well, you're gonna kill me? Go ahead. You know I stand no chance in this fight. But I'm not gonna give you the fight. If you're gonna kill me, you're gonna. If you want an execution, I'm gonna give you an execution." And the brother goes to kill him, and he's stopped by the. Uh, I- I'll just say the judge. He's stopped by the judge who oversees the court. And he's like, I never would have believed this, but you were willing to kill this man in cold blood this and you know, obviously defenseless and that's not honorable. And then the Cleons do the over the chest turnaround thing, which I guess is shunning him. and mm-hmm. he loses yep. <laughs> and the, yeah. so it was a, it was a really good episode. It was a really good episode.
0: Okay, so so there was one where Quark ended up having to, fight a bat left contest against another Klingon. But what happened was um, Worf and Jadzia mocked up or set up some kind of uh, radio, like a-, a harness on Quark. And Worf had the other harness that actually parroted, mimicked his movements. Mm-hmm. But when Worf decided to be a show-off and spin the bat lift like all fancy, it knocked one of the things, one of the uh, antennas off. So (laughs) uh, to stall, uh, Quark was like, well, we're going to try, you know, we're going to take a minute and uh, partake of this Ferengi ritual of poetry. And so he's like trying to belt off a poem, you know, off the hip while Jadzia and Worf are fixing that antenna, and then once it, once they fix it, and he and he feels the click of everything going back to where it should be, he's like, "All right, we're done. Back to fighting." And then at the end of that fight, that's when Worf and Jadzia actually do like the Klingon mating ritual.
1: Who and Jadzia? Worf. Oh, geez, Jadzia kind of gets around, doesn't she?
0: well I mean she is a trill she is a trill but yeah so I've
1: gotten back into just sort of watching that on the side while I'm you know doing other work and whatnot um uh I have uh, since the DLC for Warhammer has come out for the Wood Elves the itch has come back so I've been playing Warhammer (laughs) 2 (laughs) Um, and I like, Marathi is probably the best, um, dark elves lord. And the reason I say this is because when it comes to, like, Malekith is a better lord, but you can't confederate Marathi, right? Because any other lord that confederates Marathi, Marathi spreads chaos corruption, but she doesn't give immunity of that chaos corruption to the other lords and the faction if she's confederated. So everyone spreads chaos corruption in your area, but no one's immune to it, so they're constantly taking attrition in their own lands. It's, and they haven't, Mm. and they haven't fixed it. It's so stupid. It's like why have you not fixed this? Um, and if uh, no, I, wouldn't. I don't know. It's it's just <laughs> annoying. It's so annoying. It makes no sense. Um, and then Hellebron is a really good lord, but I and and for anyone else who uses Hellebron, confederating all the others might be fine right? But for me, Hellebron is not a uh, playable dark elf lord. She is a confederate. Dark Elf Lord. Because she has a system where she creates uh, blood barges. And what blood barges are is they're this ritual that and you you, you, uh, you do this ritual where you sacrifice slaves because Dark Elves run on a slave economy. They go out, they gather slaves um, and that's how they do their economy. It's, it's the Lord, the Dark Elves. Um, and...
0: Gotta get those interns.
1: Gotta get them interns. Um, and so... <laughs> You sacrifice a certain amount of them to do this ritual and you have to do it or there will be negative penalties. You have to do it. And when you do that, it gives you a random like blood barge army. I think it's called the blood barge and it's just a randomly built army. Well, not randomly built. They're well, like they're good armies for the most part. Um. But it gives you this it just gives you this army and then you have a certain amount of time to send the army down to do a whole bunch of chaos or you take a big penalty or whatnot. And I hate dealing with the gauge. So I just confederate Hellebron because if you confederate her, you don't have to deal with that. Um hmm. and I have no problem playing Marathi. Marathi is one of the best lords in the game. She's really good. The problem is, and she, and she can confederate all the other dark elf lords and she gets bonuses so she can do that. The problem with Marathi is, now that I'm sitting down the player again, is that she literally starts surrounded by people who want to kill her. Everyone, mm-hmm. everyone near her wants to kill her. She has the lizardmen in the south and they usually will declare war on you within 10 to 15 turns. And she has directly to her uh, east, she has all of Uthwain, and she starts off with war, uh, and Uthwain is the High Elves, and the Dark Elves and the High Elves have a long-standing feud grudge. They don't like each other, right? So she literally hmm. she literally starts a hop, skip, and a throw right from all of them. And hmm. And, t- and she's already at war with two of them. They don't – they will not accept peace, and longer you're at war with them, uh, it, it uh, decreases your diplomacy with all the other High Elves, meaning they start all declaring war on you. Like right now, it where I am in the campaign, I'm at war with all of Uthwain. All of them.
0: Uh, hmm. So you have
1: to deal with that And then to the north of you You have uh, Other So to the north of you you have Critch Craventail Which is a Skaven faction And they can – they sometimes will be on good terms with you, but you can't trust the Skaven. So there are times when he'll declare war on you Mm. because if you're at war with too many factions and you're not, like, the strongest faction, other factions will just go to war with you because you're seen as weak. So you might be attacked by him. You might be attacked by the Exiles of Nehek, which are Tomb King's faction that's up there. Um, you have other Dark Elves that are sitting up there. And the, the problem with the other Dark Elves that are sitting up there, because you have Malakith and Hellebron way in the north, but they're dealing with their own stuff, and they don't come to help you or any shit like that. The problem with that is Alithinar starts literally right next to you. And he runs up and just starts kicking the crap out of every dark elf in his path all the way up to Malekith where he stops. And if he gets strong enough, he just comes back and starts fucking with you. So so Marathi is in this huge hate orgy. Because everyone wants to kill her. It is such a tough position to start from. Like if you can fight your way out of it, it's it, she can do amazing things. But you having to fight your way out of that can be so tough. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely back in the uh, Warhammer 2. Can't ha- uh, can't help that uh, the twin sisters are good. Uh, the Wood Elves have. The, the wood elves have been made more fun but i've never really been too interested in the wood elves like before i got them because they're a dlc faction so when they came out as dlc i was like oh the wood elves let's play around with this and i did but there was nothing about the wood elves that really made me like them and interested in how they played and wanting to play them um, and then and the same thing with skaven like i sat down and i tried to play a skaven campaign I just couldn't do it. And I was doing fine. I was doing well. Um, I was playing uh, Snickage from Clan Eshin. And we'd killed off... I'd killed off Emric. I'd consolidated the Flayed Rock province. Um, I was doing good. Like, I was one of the biggest powers in the Badlands. And I just got bored and stopped. I was just like, eh. Like, and the Skaven are like the second most powerful faction in the game; they're at least in top five. And and I was just I just wasn't interested in playing them. So uh, so I'll probably be playing.
0: So essentially, so essentially, they made you feel like Saitama.
1: Yeah. Well, no, they didn't make me feel like Saitama because unlike Saitama, um, I don't mind hunting. Weaker enemies, um, but I do love the challenge of a strong enemy. Saitama is bored because he's always the strongest one and he always wins, and I, I get that. But even with the scaven, you don't just ro- you don't just raffle stomp stuff. You still have to work at it. You still have to work at it. They and they also have mechanics that I don't really like. They have a food mechanic, which kind of works. It kind of works, or works almost exactly like Hellebron's uh, blood uh, blood barge mechanic. I just don't like balancing it. Like if you let it get too low, you have penalties. Uh, and if you and it's difficult to get it really high, but you if you get it really high, you it's a resource that you can use to upgrade settlements almost instantly. And settlements can go from one to five, so you can use it's uh, it's food for Skaven, So you can use food to just have a settlement at its max level the moment you take it. So it's this balancing act you have to do, and I just don't like dicking with it. There are just other factions I like way more that I don't have to worry about some balancing act like that. So, um, But it's lore friendly, so I understand why people who like the Skaven you know have no problems with it whatsoever and I, and I don't think it's like a bad mechanic or anything like that it's just not something I like and want to deal with that's all uh, the Skaven are really cool like the Skaven are really cool I just I'm just not interested in them just just not um so yeah like the Twin Sisters and Dreycha good addition to the game the, the update to the Wood Elves and everything is a good addition to the game no doubt about that. Um, unfortunately, the update was to a faction that I just have little interest in. Um, so I'm waiting for that, you know, chaos update and that beastmen update see what happens there. Um uh Marvel is going to be coming out with an alien comic. Um they plan to release it in March of 2021. It's going to be by writer Philip Kennedy Johnson and artist Salvador uh, Laraca, um, and it's going to be following, I believe, a new character called Gabriel Cruz. Um, I don't know very much about the Alien comics themselves, so I don't know if that's a a, a standing character or a new character. Uh, he's a waylon Utani mercenary, and he'll be battling a new breed of xenomorph with his child's life in the balance. Because <sighs> Marvel has, uh, Marvel can't tell a unique story; they have to go off the Ridley thing just to make sure they get <laughs> get readers. <laughs> I thought it was so odd. It's like, yeah, we're bringing in this new character, and he's going to be fighting a new breed of alien, and I'm like, okay, I'm with you so far, and his child's life is going to hang in the balance. And I'm like, and you fucking lost (laughs) me. (laughs) and <laughs> like, god damn it guys like, can't you just be a dude who has to deal with a new breed of alien that's more than enough of an interesting premise in and of itself um but they're also apparently going to be doing uh alien versus predator comics as well so actually i'm looking forward to this I- i'm looking forward to checking this out and seeing if it's good if they do the whole his child's life hangs in the balance thing well enough i'm sure it'll be fine um so once again, all I'm looking for here is a solid comic because there hasn't been much for Alien in a while. I- I'm actually looking for, for some new Alien uh, stuff to do. That's not fan fiction. Um, uh, so that's coming out. So, Dragon Ball Fighters, I've been watching, as I said in previous podcasts, I've been watching the tournaments. So, there was a tournament for the U... It, it was the U.S. West National Championship. It was Jonathan Tane versus Reynold. And Reynold had a 4-1 lead. And Jonathan Tane literally hmm. brought the game... Because it's first to five. So... Jonathan brought it back from a 4-1 lead all the way to winning the championship 5-4 against Reynold. Like, Reynolds had it, and he threw it away. And <laughs> so, we get to the interview that they do. They they interview Jonathan afterwards, and they ask him about his team, because he was using um he was using Android 18, Kefla, and UI Goku. And so they ask him about his team, and he's like, "Yeah, I- I'm interested in seeing what's going to be going on with these next uh, uh, these next DLC characters that come out." Because I don't like UI Goku, but I mean, he's the best <laughs> in the game. So, and I was like, "See, that's what I'm talking about." The only reason this <laughs> character exists in the game is to push merchandise you have a top level player even saying the only reason i'm even using him is because he's one of the he is arguably the best character in the game if he wasn't he wouldn't be on the team and i was like and i couldn't contain myself because i was watching someone stream and i typed in and i was like dude that's what i've been saying the moment The moment they uh, tone UI Goku down so that he's not as good as he currently is, he is going to disappear from teams. The only reason anyone (laughs) cares is because he's arguably the best character in the game. This is the only reason anyone's using him. Except for, you know, the the small outlier percentage who actually thinks he's cool and they all need to be baptized. We know that. (laughs) (laughs) like y'all need to go to church
0: (laughs) y'all need some in your life so I
1: thought that I was like finally exonerated
0: (laughs) now now Of, of the two of us on this podcast, you're the one that does all the DBZ Fighter stuff, but, you know, I've been listening to you long enough that when I heard you say UI Goku was his third, I was like, ugh, mm-hmm. Why? And I get
1: it. They need to. They they need to sell stuff. And UI Goku is the new thing in Dragon Ball Super. So all the children, you know, thirteen years and younger, are like, ah, UI Goku. Oh, UI Go. So they go out and they buy the toys, and they go out and they buy the shirts, and they buy the merchandise. They like he was built to make money. He was built to make money. I get. I understand. But man, is it such a terrible mark on an otherwise? It's such a terrible mark on a good game. Because it's (laughs) obvious the only reason he's there is to make money. He's certainly not there to make the game better or enrich it, or he wouldn't be built the way he is. (laughs) It's like. (laughs) <laughs> How are you, as a developer who creates a game, going to say, we don't like these systems, we don't like characters having this, we don't like characters having this, and then you turn around and make a – and then you take it away from all the other characters and then literally turn around and give it to your new DLC character? All of it. <laughs> this is like – so – It just has nothing to do with making the game better. This is everything to do with pushing that merchandise. And that's not necessarily the developer's fault. That may very well be the publisher's fault. The publishers are like, put him in the game. The developers could be like, nah, he's stupid. We don't want to. But the publishers tend to have the final say on that kind of thing. So the publishers were like, nah, put him in. Because the PR department is saying that his numbers are up. Put him in the game. We're gonna sell. It'll sell the game, so they don't really have much of a choice. And if the publisher's like and make sure he's good, they don't have a choice. They have to make him good. So, but uh, so that ended up happening. Um, We have people who have been data mining Dragon Ball Fighters, and they think they know what the next DLC is going to be. Everyone has been suspecting Omega Shinron. From the leaks, which haven't been confirmed and may be completely wrong, but from the leaks, it's sounding like it is going to be Omega Shinron, and it also looks like it's going to be Raditz after that, and <laughs> I like Raditz. In every get, in every Dragon Ball fighting game that I've played where Raditz was available, he was one of my mains. I, I love playing as Raditz. He should not be the next DLC – he should not be the second DLC uh, – the second to last or last DLC character in this season. We shouldn't be getting Raditz until season four or five, depending on how long they want to go with giving us seasons and DLC characters. Um, and I, and one of the things that someone pointed out is that it was to uh, get the last Saiyan from the Saiyan saga because it was Raditz first, then Nappa and Vegeta came out, and then they also have base Goku, right? So they were like, they're getting all the Saiyan Saga Saiyans in there. And I was like, well, that's, I mean, that's all well and good, but it's kind of a waste of a character slot. And why are they so worried about getting all of the Saiyan Saga characters in there when they don't, they haven't cared about getting all like the Frieza Saga characters in there? Because, yeah, you have teen Gohan, but you don't have child Gohan. Gohan wasn't a teen in the Saiyan Saga. Uh, you weren't worried about getting all of the Majin Buu Saga characters in there because Dabura's not there. So, and you're certainly not worried about getting all the GT characters in there because you only gave us one GT character. And it was the one we didn't want! <laughs> hmm. So, it, it, like... So I'm sitting here like it doesn't feel like that's what they're trying to do. So I really hope it's not Raditz. I do hope Raditz comes to the game but I hope it's not Raditz. Um, The second part of the leak was that the fourth DLC season we were only getting one character and then they were going to stop doing DLC and go on to the newer game and the one DLC character (laughs) we're going to get is Super Saiyan 4 Gogeta. Um. And while I have no problem with them putting Super Saiyan 4 Gogeta in there because I want the Super Saiyan Saiyan 4 form in there, the fact that we're first off only getting one character and they're making it Super Saiyan 4 Gogeta, I'm sitting here like what you could have done is you could have just given us Super Saiyan 4 Goku from GT. You could have just given us that and just been done with it. But instead, you gave us the hmm. stupid little GT child Goku and then gave us a stupid cinematic of Super Saiyan 4 Goku. Like, it, I, I, I kid you not, man, it almost felt like an insult. It, when I saw – when GT Goku came out and they showed his level 3 turning him into Super Saiyan 4, it almost felt like they were – the developers were going, look what you're not going to get. Like, I... <laughs> dude, it... I, seriously, though, it felt bad. It felt <laughs> so bad. Um, And I guess they felt like if they put Super Saiyan 4 Goku in, they'd have to put Super Saiyan 4 Vegeta in. But so? You've already put in multiple Gokus and Fajitas. You might as well put in the ones mm. that people actually want. <laughs> <laughs> um, because... You would he think, would think so. so. I I don't know what polls they do for popularity, but I would assume Super Saiyan for Vegeta and Goku are much more popular than base Vegeta and Goku. But then again, I don't know what poll they went off of. So, um, so that so that that's the leak, and that's what we might be looking at. I hope they're wrong. Um, I do want Omega Shinron, but I hope we don't get Raditz as the next If if we do get Super Saiyan 4 Gogeta I'm all for it, he'll become a permanent Part of my team, whether he's good or not Um, But if they're Going to do that, it needs to be Omega Shinron, Super Saiyan 4 gogeta and then a fourth season and then they can do like raditz and zarbon and like all these other characters like tapion because i'm sitting here like man there's there are other characters that deserve that spot more than raditz right now like unfortunately there are just other characters who deserve that spot other than raditz there's PyCon you could put in the uh even though he's another base saiyan would actually be a really good fit um I don't really think he goes here too. I think it's just... It, there's a theme to this season that I don't feel like Turlis or Raditz fit in. Um, but uh, they could have did Nova Shinron, which was a fairly popular character from GT. <coughs> Hellfire 17 would have been good. Um, I'm, I'm still wondering if we're going to get a Whis character. I, I feel like We should be in there. Um I'm trying to think of anyone else that might be that might be really good. Not off the top of my head that would fit the theme. Oh, Baby. Also, uh, the different forms of Baby. Baby Fujita uh, or Majin Fujita would also be fine. So, there are other characters that I feel like are more popular than Raditz that should go in that slot. Um... So, uh, all I can do is hope that is not the case, and they surprise us with the character after Omega Shinran. Um Because everybody's pretty solidly sure that it's going to be Omega Shinron is going to be the next DLC character. Um, we're also not going to find out who the DLC characters are until... Uh, no, 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 no. They're going to do a special event debuting it Either one or both. We, we don't know, but they're going to be we're all pretty sure that they're because they're doing a special announcement after uh, on December 20th during the I want to say Japanese nationals um, and they're going to do a special announcement, which we're all mm. pretty sure is going to be the announcement of the either one or both of the DLC characters, and then those characters will not be uh, coming into the game until January. I wish they would have told us this at the beginning of December instead of like a week or two before nas- before that Nationals, but eh. Um, mm. So... On December 20th, we're going to find out if the leaks and stuff are true. If it does turn out that Omega Shenron is the next one, it is very possible that the leaks are true, which feels kind of bad. I don't think Raditz should be one of our last – I don't think Raditz should be our last season three character. And I don't think Super Saiyan 4 Gogeta should be the only character we get in season four. Um but then again if they're planning hmm. on working if they're planning to start working on Dragon Ball Fighters 2 or if they're already in the process of working on Dragon Ball Fighters 2 maybe that's why they have to do it this way. I just wish there was more transparency in this. Um but is what it is. So, yeah. but I am looking forward to that. I'm looking forward hmm. to watching the Nationals on the 20th and I'm also looking forward to seeing who they debut. I just hope it's someone I actually care about. Um Uh, I also came across Project V, which is going to be an open world MMO being developed by former developers from from the uh, from Riot Games League of Legends. Um, They're doing it under the name Vela Games, and it's supposed to be part PvP and part PvE. It'll be starting alpha testing in 2021, but there's no set date announced. They're currently on their website uh, letting people sign up for the. Te- they're doing like they're going to be doing like a alpha testing, so they're actually. Uh, uh, letting people sign up to be part of the alpha test for it. Um, but there's no like artwork. There's no like uh, trailer or anything for what we should expect it to look like or anything. They do have a picture of four of their characters. <laughs> um, and you can see the league of legends influence in the characters. Like you can literally pick out characters in the design of these characters. Um, But I'm... uh, This is actually... I'm actually looking forward to this because I would actually like this. Now, the thing about this is, in the article I was reading, this sounds very much like they're trying to do what Destiny tried to do. They're trying to make a PvP, PvE, MMO. I am hoping, and Vela Games anyone in bella game if you happen to come across this podcast in any way shape or form and you hear me right now study what destiny did wrong mm. and do not make the same mistakes please
0: <laughs> like to to be fair for destiny they did like okay so like the big thing destiny did wrong was listen to the the whiny neckbeards. And then they, you know, they would, they would hot patch the game and then it'd just make it worse. Now, I don't know if, now I say neckbeards because that's the, they're like comic book guy. They're like the comic book guy fans of Destiny. So they say like, uh, what was it? You know, some people, like, say, PvP, you know, in Crucible, Trials, Iron Banner, which is actually running this week. You know, you get people who are really good with a certain gun. Like, um, hell, I think in Destiny 1, the big one was Mita Multi-Tool, which was the uh, fire as fast as you can pull the trigger scout rifle. And get you get, so you know, all right, hang on. Brain going too fast <laughs> to keep up. Yep, slow it down. Take your time. So, and I I've actually come across this problem myself. You know, I get killed by someone who spends more time playing the game than I do. Or like, uh, what was it? I was trying to get Redrix's broadsword, which is now pretty much worthless since they did sunsetting. But you know that that was like the longest quest so far that i can remember to get a weapon and i can't count how many times i got killed by that damn weapon when i was trying to get it but i get it you know like back then i i was still working so you know i'd work eight ten hours come home play destiny for two three you know just as a way to unwind and you know take out my frustrations on you know other people's pixelated hmm. characters. You know, and and I'm sure that that's what the average gamer would 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 do and think. But you get these these crybabies like, oh, that gun op nerf, and then Bungie would do it, and then it, it just fucked everything else for everyone else. So, developer that Gerald's talking about, if you come across this podcast, yes. Learn from what Destiny did wrong, and the biggest thing Destiny did wrong was listen to the whiny beers Don't well, listen that's not to the, the biggest whiny
1: neckbeards. The biggest thing they did wrong was make promises that they <laughs> didn't uh, come through on, because they promised things that they did not do in the initial release of the game. Don't make promises. Just do what you can and make sure that the experience is a solid is a solid one, and then you can build off of that. Don't tell people. Yeah, Oh
0: good. Yeah, and don't partner don't partner with Activision. Activision.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So uh, oh I also found something interesting about Vela is that Vela is a constellation in the southern hemisphere that forms the sails of Argo Navis, the ship that carried Jason and the Argonauts to retrieve the Golden Fleece. Well that was interesting.
0: Yeah. I believe it.
1: So now, after that, so I was, uh, so I came across Facebook's new uh, situation where it looks like they purchased photo service Instagram and the messaging app WhatsApp. So now, the federal and state authorities are suing them. And trying to get their company, yep, trying to get their company broken up.
0: <laughs> yep, yeah, I, I saw that too. Yeah, uh, Facebook's owned uh, Instagram and WhatsApp for a while, at least a year from what I remember. Yeah, I saw that <clears throat> Saw that pop up on my uh, swipe left for like mm-hmm. newsfeed, Google thing on my phone. And uh, I say, (laughs) damn
1: right, break that shit up. And it's a lot of little things with Facebook. Like, so they filed filed 48 lawsuits in federal court on Wednesday. And their charge is that Facebook has been illegally snuffing out its competition by buying its rivals. So anything that looks like it might become competition, they buy it. And then no competition. So the charge is that they're trying to keep a monopoly. Now, in October, the Justice Department also filed a landmark lawsuit against Google, allegedly holding a monopoly in both search and search advertising. Germany even investigated Facebook for requiring Oculus Rift users to link their accounts with their social media network. Because if you have to, if it, so if you have to link your Oculus Rift to your social media account and you don't have a social media account, you have to get a social media account.
0: You don't get to link. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah right? Don't, don't, don't us. We're just data mining all your information we can. Nothing to see here, like, folks. Move Facebook
1: kind of reminds me of Virid. It's like, now look, courts, I know this all <laughs> looks self-serving, <laughs> <laughs> but that is not my intention. It's like, But Facebook, it really looks like that's your intention.
0: <laughs> of course it is. Me and uh, you know, shameless shameless self-promotion here. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg, if you're listening, I now have in the gaming session store a face mask that says, (laughs) hi, I'm the villain. So if you want to get one of those...
1: (laughs) Secretly, he already has those.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that'd be that's interesting because I only put them up on the store today. <laughs> what technology? Yeah, right. Oh, that's right. He's got it all. Never mind.
1: So, Facebook and <laughs> Google are both looking at. Uh, um, Facebook and Google are both being Anti-truth. very thoroughly scrutinized by the government and the states. Um. Uh, Like last year, Google was hit with a series of fines, one for $1.7 billion over abusive uh, online advertising practices. And I think we actually covered that in one of our previous podcasts, too, when it happened. Um, The FTC also slapped Facebook with a record-setting $5 billion fine last year after the UK political consultancy, Cambridge Analytica, Harvested the data. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was a story yeah, we covered yeah. too. Um,
0: yeah, I remember that in the news. Whew. Yeah, I was, yeah, that's all <laughs> <on> my comment. <laughs> like I remember that in the news. Uh, when 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 you get as big as Facebook, uh, you gotta and be dude, careful. dude, I get
1: it. I mean they're a big company they're doing whatever it takes to stay on top and it's like they're getting a, it's like hey facebook uh, like you get, it's like and, and like what are they supposed to say like oh sorry they're not going to go oh sorry guys we did kind of do those things we'll stop we won't do them again and then actually stop nah it's like everybody's like dude you're taking actual advantage the facebook's going to be like nah man we ain't doing nothing keep that money coming in <laughs> So what
0: uh, no they're, they're playing they're playing that song from Shaggy mm. wasn't me
1: um, Ian Connor director of the FTC Bureau of Competition said in a statement our aim is to roll back Facebook's anti-competitive conduct and restore competition so that innovation and free competition can thrive." So the, what, basically what they want of the lawsuit, they want the lawsuit's been filed by 48 attorneys, uh, and Facebook sh- they want Facebook to re- be required to notify states if they plan to acquire a company valued at $10 million or more. It also asks the court to stop Facebook's alleged anti-competitive practices and take other measures, which could include breaking up the company. So I saw that.
0: <laughs> Mm -hmm.
1: so yeah that's just hilarious
0: we can Mm. we can hope right (laughs) well
1: if they do the investigation and they find out that no Facebook is legit they're on the up and up they're just the best out there and that's how they've been staying on top that's fine I got nothing against that but if they do find out they've been doing some shit because it looks like they've been doing some shit hopefully they'll actually break them up um and so i've been playing also i've been playing cyberpunk and i was build i was looking through the perk trees for my character i, I gotta bring this up and there's a perk called stronger together increases uh-huh. damage you deal while carrying a body and the picture yeah and the picture <laughs> is a dude <laughs> with another dude's leg in his arm getting ready to sw- in his hand getting ready to swing it That's the picture.
0: (laughs) Oh, oh, it's the hammer of the
1: The perk is literally beat a motherfucker with another motherfucker,
0: (laughs) or, or as I like to call it, the hammer of the emperor.
1: It's so good. It's so good. Um. Oh, and I did want to say, uh, I also came around, I came across like the new conflict with Gina Carano. Apparently, she's still been like doing her tweets, and and basically, she's been continuing this fruitless I don't want to say argument, but trolling. I want to say she's been continuing this fruitless trolling of the LGBTQ community and other and like Hmm. you know, the elections and stuff like that, and now. The fans of The Mandalorian are trying – because apparently the uh, – I don't know if it's Disney. I forget the parent company, but the parent company that does The Mandalorian is thinking of giving – is Disney? Yeah.
0: They're it's thinking
1: Disney. of giving her character, Cara Dune, her own spinoff <laughs> series. But since everybody is, cr- is yeah. petitioning for her to be fired from the show – the Disney is like, well, if you apologize, we like they're in discussions, and it looks like Disney is going like, if you apologize, we'll let you have the spinoff. And Gina's like, no, and I'm sitting here like, Gina, all of this could have been avoided if you just stop, you know, arguing and trolling idiots. When you give your opinion with no malice or <clears throat> bias, an objective opinion of what you think, and people just lose their minds, you have to understand that those are people whose minds you can't change. You might as well beat your head against the wall. So, Gina, if you ever happen to come across this episode <clears throat> and listen to this, I'm trying to tell you, stop arguing with stop arguing with stupid people. You can't it, it is a fruitless endeavor. And I understand the dilemma, because the dilemma when arguing with a dumb person, when you're trying to <laughs> use facts and evidence, the problem with that is first off, you can't change their mind. They're going to explain away everything you have to say, or they're just not going to believe it, or they're going to call you a, a racist, a fascist, so on and so forth, and, or, right? Whatever whatever Homophobia,
0: they need to to bring
1: you down to their level. <laughs> and the problem is we you know it's dumb to argue with this person you are not going to change their mind no matter what you're saying but if you walk away they think they're right and then they continue to go about spreading misinformation so it's always so it is a negative no matter what but in her circumstances in your circumstances Gina stop stop arguing with the stupids Say your piece and go about your business and make your money and be happy and don't worry about the unhappy ones because all they're trying to do is make you unhappy and interfere. Just just let it go and go about your business. Um <laughs> But because it's mm-hmm. not like a discussion or anything. It literally feels like reading her uh reading her stuff, it literally feels like she's just trolling them at this point. And it's like, no, don't do that. Because you're creating a bigger mess that is going to pull you down. Don't do that. Just say what you think is right and then go about your way. But we'll see how that plays itself okay. out. She's gonna be up there like fucking um uh, oh what's his name uh, Short black comedian Kevin Hart Yeah she's going to be up there like Kevin, Kevin Hart? Hart What did Kevin Hart say When people uh, brought up like those homophobic Comments from like 7-8 years ago And he was like yeah it was, That was 7-8 years ago people grow And he was like I ain't apologizing And so they kicked him off at the awards show And then he apologized <laughs> Don't get Kevin Harted Don't get Kevin Harted <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was my week. Uh, the rest of it is just Christmas shopping.
0: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, like like I had said uh, during mm-hmm. Gerald's time, uh, was playing Destiny. Oh, I also kind of want to say, you know, <clears throat> being unemployed is is like every day is the same you wake up you look for jobs you play destiny you go to bed and then it's groundhog day kind of sucks but um something might have come through it's only 10 hours Mm. a week but that's better than zero right so we'll see about that um so destiny dropped the hawk moon quest this week for those of you who remember Hawkmoon is one was the PlayStation exclusive exotic hand cannon. Uh, I forget what the original one did that made it so good. I had it when the, when the ability to get it came out for destiny one, I got it this week. It, It was a fairly easy, if not annoying quest to set up, but, uh, the new the new perk is the more headshots you get, the stronger the last round will be. I think the I hit one. What was it? A uh, what are those fucking things called? Scorn. Yeah, I hit one scorn in the head for like ninety three thousand nice. damage. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's nice, but it's one of those. And it's one of those guns that you're going to have to use it a lot to get better with it. And I'm once again having issues with my controller. Now the left shoulder button is sticking. I don't know how many times I've taken the screws out this damn thing and tried to get it to work properly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, 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 mm-hmm. no, no, no. I, 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 I just <laughs> was
1: making sure. And like, I, I have no comment <laughs> on that. I just, that sucks <laughs> that it's, uh, that your controller is fucking out.
0: Yeah, but, but to be fair, it was a cheap 20 something dollar controller. So it's gonna crap out. <clears throat> Hopefully here soon before I break the damn thing, I can get a new one. <clears throat> in- <laughs> listeners, buy me a coffee just kidding or am i um so there so there's that played a little <clears throat> so like i i've been mixing my games up so i'll start off with like one or two rounds of Warzone, and i i've been doing both plunder mm-hmm. and battle royale so my rank right now is like one of the five levels of a chief warrant officer. I've got the silver bar with the two black divots in it. I redownloaded vigor. I was playing that. I haven't played it. And that's vigor V I G O R. So don't try to say, I said a, na- a, naughty, naughty. Haven't played it much this week. I don't think, but I've, I've been bouncing around some games, <clears throat> Uh, mostly Destiny. Like I said, it's Iron Banner. And it was interesting because with the new Stasis subclass, which is essentially Darkness. I don't know how Ice is Darkness, <sighs> but okay. I still, I still love it. It's so much fun freezing your enemy and then punching them into shards of Ice. Ice
1: is always a good satness. element.
0: Yeah, but uh, so when when I when the when the weekly reset happened, and I and I logged on, and I went up to Saladin. He's the, <clears throat> for those that don't know, and the, and those that do, he's the the proctor of Iron Banner. He's the he's the Shaxx on um, Valium, because instead of instead of being like Shaxx, like this is amazing, Saladin's like, you did a good job, Guardian. Now keep pushing. <laughs> but anyway, so when you go up to him, you get a the the side panel come out with him talking about how darkness is bad, and you know all the guardians who are using it, they need to stop. And then the final line is, if you keep going with this, <clears throat> it's gonna you know you're gonna get you're gonna get got, and it won't be by the darkness. So. He's he just un, vaguely openly threatened us. Try it, try it, Lord Saladhead. See what yeah, happens. I'll but, turn you into a nice cube, too.
1: Wait, but <laughs> doesn't. The uh, who are they? The uh, what are the the, the 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 one guys that that live out in the barrier? I forget their exact uh faction uh, uh, type. Um. Yeah, I you thought the Awoken, the Awoken were guardians that used the the darkness.
0: No, no. Um, well, so <clears throat> the Void subclass—that's the closest any guardian got to using darkness until. So, what Beyond is the Light difference
1: between out. Void and Darkness? <clears throat> Just ice
0: um void void damage and ice. so it's
1: just darkness yeah. <laughs> but it has two different uh, actual effects
0: well no because void is still considered How? a light subclass Be- because it's not fully using the darkness Well it's like definitely is. not light Well, according to Bungie, it's considered one of the light subclasses because you, you have the solar, arc, and void. Those are your light subclasses. It, and to you be to
1: fair, see. the entirety of Bungie's IQ could fit in my wallet. <sighs> I don't think.
0: <laughs> well, hey now. So so before you continue with that, <laughs> let me just put a disclaimer out here. <laughs> Gaming Sessions podcast does <laughs> not fully back what Gerald is saying.
1: All I'm saying is they're
0: <laughs> this
1: is, all I'm saying this is, is they're not the, opinions, they're not the okay. sharpest knife in the drawer, and they should be ashamed. They're not the
0: they're sharpest not the sh- light in the, <laughs> they're
1: not the They're not the brightest bulb in the bunch. <laughs>
0: Well, and also to be fair, I think all the Bungie devs play Titans, anyways. And anyone who doesn't main a Titan considers them crayon eaters. It's like, you,
1: how are you gonna call a a light based <laughs> ability void that doesn't? It doesn't look like light. It doesn't act as light. You called it void, but it's not the darkness, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, but it's not the darkness though like alright
0: sure uh, I'd, I'd have to I'd have to get back into the into the lore about that but like the the progenitors of those subclasses of the void subclasses use mm-hmm. aspects of darkness <clears throat> kind of like how in um, Phantom Menace when Obi Wan beat Darth Maul, he was using the dark right, but side that to beat also him.
1: well, right, so but it was the off. dark side. An aspect of darkness <laughs> is still darkness. So void is still the darkness. It's just that the new cold element is another aspect of it, a different face, but it's still darkness. So to sit here and go, void is not darkness, but the ice is darkness, that's stupid.
0: Well, if we want to argue semantics, it's all just power. It's just which – it's just what intent do you wish to use of the power? Like magic. There, It's just magic. There's light magic and dark magic is bullshit. It's just magic. It's if you use and it I'm, for good intent or ill. Well,
1: and I'm fine with that. Could say I'm, I'm absolutely fine if that's how they had said it, but they didn't. They made a distinct difference and then went oh but this one not so much though <laughs> like get the fuck out of here Bungie. <laughs>
0: well this is only this is only point here yeah, it's zero, it is zero, literally what they're darkness. saying this
1: is only 00.1% darkness though it's just a smidge it's just a smidge it's like really cuz it really looks just like darkness
0: <laughs> <laughs> just, just a smidge
1: uh, that's fine I, 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 I'm I being oh, a dick but oh. Bungie just does the stupidest shit all the time and I've lost all patience with their crap
0: <laughs> hmm. okay here we go so it's uh, pulling up Destinypedia Void is the name given to the substrate that underlies the physical universe its precise nature is unclear as it covers many areas it's described as a place absence of light darkness and matter and is the source of void energy also called secret light for those such as the guardians so it's secret light and they use quotation marks when they say secret when but they, they literally right out before saying, saying that, so. that
1: it's not light they said it's not light, it's not darkness, darkness. <laughs> and then they're like it's secret light. <laughs> IQ could fit in my wallet. IQs could f- <laughs> like not even my whole wallet, just a corner of my wallet. Like ugh. <laughs> the change pocket. The, the change pocket. <laughs> I I swear it's like it's like Bungie is made of a group of ten year olds. Like, what the fuck? It's not it, It's not light and it's not darkness. Mm. It's secret light. You literally just contradicted yourself in the ex- in the same sentence.
0: Was it the same sentence? <laughs>
1: Secret light. light. That's (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) It's it's it's, it it, it, it's light. It's just secret light, David. It's it's just a secret. We're the only ones who know. It's a secret.
0: Just secret. The first rule of secret is yeah. you do not talk about secrets. The second rule of secret <laughs> light, you do not talk about secret light. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> Everybody's talking about it. Dude, I can see Bungie
1: literally doing that. It's like I just finished watching Fight Club. So we'll, we'll, we'll explain Void as secret light and the first rule is you don't talk about secret light. <laughs> That's why it's a secret.
0: <laughs> I'm seeing a lot of I'm seeing a lot of new Mm. void wielding guardians. So uh, I guess we've been Uh, rules one and two.
1: I'm 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 sorry for derailing (laughs) you, but god damn
0: it! It's fine. It's fine. But uh, so other than that, I actually watched a is a four episode I guess miniseries called The Liberator. And it's about a, uh, it's it's based on World War II. It's about a unit. What was it? I want to say it was the 25th Infantry. They're called the Thunderbirds, basically. And it's a unit comprised of Mexican-Americans, Native Mm. Americans, and basically cowboys. Now, what what was very interesting about this little mini series is the art style is reminds me of a scanner darkly. So it looks like it was live action, but then they put animation over it. Hmm. Yeah. And it was really good. Like it follows, it follows like the core, at, at first, it follows the core people of the unit. The uh, the lieutenant who came in, he was promoted to captain, and like the core people of the unit were actually in the brig, mostly for assaulting officers. And the the base commander gave him a week to to train them up to where they could pass the live fire exercise, which they did. And oh, the, one of the best parts, I think it was either the first or second episode, when they're doing uh, range training, the, uh, the range NCO was like a master sergeant with a drill instructor hat. And he was just walking like he would walk over the because all the guys are in the prone position shooting. So he would walk in between two of them, walk over one, insult the one next to him, walk over him and mm. insult the guy next to him. And, oh, it was now, um, if, if any listeners are going to tr- try watching this show, be warned. There is racial language in it, but because the, that range NCO refers to one of the Indians as a prairie word, mm. which was a slur back in the day,
1: I mean, it's fine yeah, as long but, as they're not coming up with
0: new slurs. So when, they're when using ones that have been historically used
1: in history, so that they can enrich their narrative. It, dude, it's fine. I mean, you you see it in uh, other movies. Yeah. You see it in other movies all the time. It's not a big deal as long as you understand that it's in the context of the time. So.
0: Yeah, but the uh, the really funny the really funny part is what after he does that, the captain comes up and starts you know, um, correcting the range NCO about his use of language, and then so the range NCO all full of piss and vinegar is like, well, you want to take this over there behind the shed because you know what happens back there stays back there, and that was a big thing. It's still a it's still a thing in the Marines because uh, Marine mm. friends of mine have talked about going to the tree line, where you take your you know your BDU top off, you go to the tree line, beat the shit out of each other, get your you know differences settled. Same thing about going back behind the shed. So the so the captain's like, "All right, let's go." And so you see the NCO walk around the shed, takes his his big shiny belt off, takes his top off throws, puts his hat down and he's all like oh you're gonna have to start figuring out how you're gonna explain those bruises sir and then you see someone else come behind him taking his his top off and it turns Mm. out to be the guy he called the prairie n-word the guy's like explain what nco (laughs) the nco turns around bat. he's down he's down and like the captain and the rest of the squad are like standing on the other side of the shed. And then here comes two more drill sergeants. And the captain's like, stay there unless you want to join them.
1: And the the moral of the story, the moral of the story (laughs) is (laughs) always the same moral. Don't be a dick.
0: (laughs) Don't be a dick. Exactly. And then, so the, uh, I want to say it was private cloud foot he comes back around putting his top back on. The captain's like, is he still alive? It's like, was like, yeah, something like that. <laughs> and then when they're back at the range, you see, you see that range NCO with his arm in a sling and a big ass bruise on his fucking eye. It was glorious, but it was a good, it was a good movie or a good show. You know, the, uh, the, the, the commander, the company commander goes from being a captain to a mm. Lieutenant Colonel at the end. It's all, it's uh, it's also a good representation of the kind of fortitude people had back then. Cause the, like during their first actual engagement overseas, the captain gets wounded like he gets a laceration in his liver. They call it well, so he got what they call a million dollar wound. It's a wound, it's the kind of wound that you get. Oh, if you get it, gotcha. you're not fighting anymore, you're going home. Yeah, Captain didn't see it that way. He got up out of bed, hitched a ride on, a, I think, a B 25 bomber, and like literally found his way back to his unit, got down <laughs> into the trenches, and just started no fighting. No given. Again. <laughs> you know as as a captain should and then i think episode three this, this poor m this poor lieutenant mp is like dodging through shell fire jumps down into the into the foxhole and is like are you captain i forget what his name is and the captain's like yeah it's like I'm Lieutenant such and such with the MPs. I'm here to arrest you on charges of being AWOL. And he pulls out his uh, his arrest order and reads it off. And the captain, uh, Cloudfoot, who's a sergeant now, and uh, one of the the Mexican guys, I for uh, I think his name was Gomez. They're just looking at him like he's like he has a third, like a second head. And one of them's like, you came all the way out here to arrest the captain. (laughs) Like you did that dumb, stupid shit. (laughs) Like, yeah, yeah, they did it. But, uh, so once the Lieutenant sees that the captain actually gives a shit about his men, the, the arrest order magically like gets wet and disappears and he actually follows with them and fights Mm. with them until he gets killed. enough enough of the enough spoiling it if if y'all want to watch it it's on Netflix it's called The Liberator and like i said keep in mind there is period accurate language and racial bias in the movie or in the show but at every turn they're showing that they don't give a shit about that language or bias cuz they're doing the best damn shit they can do so there's that <clears throat> so That's about it for my week, and that's about it for the first half of the two-part episode experiment we're doing. So we will take a break, and for those of you who want to uh, listen to the reviews and the main topic, you can join us in.